Wait for it. There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your host Jim and Chuck, and this is episode number two of this week, Chuck, because uh, we talked about Disney Investors Day 2020, yeah. which uh, that was a big, big episode. Yeah, and it honestly, might be better than Christmas. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> it's that was my Christmas 2020. So we've got a lot of stuff on this episode. I can tell you um, that we definitely have a lot of stuff. We got two trailers, so we're going to spend some time in the trailer park. We've got a, a bunch of news. Uh, if that isn't going to top Disney Investors no. Day, like not even close, but there's some fun news. I've got my pick of the weeks. We're going to do the Mando Minutes, and then we're going to talk some video games because uh, we have controllers and systems, so why not talk yeah. about it, right? So let's go to the trailers first. Um, we talked about this last week about a series that's coming out for its third season at its new home in Netflix. A, se- a series that you jumped on pretty late, but gl- like I said, I'm glad you jumped on it. Cobra Kai, uh, yeah, a-, a series where when I was watching it, I was like, I can't see this getting more than one season after season one. It gets season two. They really ramp it up. The production level goes up. The acting gets better. And I'm like, okay, this is amazing. And then spoiler alert for anybody who has not watched Cobra Kai or has reached this part. It's pretty much that Joey Lawrence's long lost little brother kills Miguel. Like that's, that's what I thought. I left it at the end where, you know, um, Johnny's son kicks Miguel off of the second story or second level of their high school and he just breaks his back on a, a railing so we get the trip see i didn't think he was dead i was like he's gonna be paralyzed and he, it's gonna him kind of what we saw in the trailer work his way okay. back out to so you thought she he was gonna go jimmy from degrassi shout out drake so <sighs> that's where that's where you were going. Uh, that that went over my head i mean I don't know that reference, but oh, Drake was in a wheelchair in Degrassi after getting shot in the show. I I know of that, but I've, I've never. Well, seen there's your reference. Episode. There's your you come you come for the comics, you stay for the hip hop references. I know what we're I know our niche. What did you What did you think of this trailer? I think it it looked good. You know, it kind of it doesn't skip a beat from season two. It looks like Daniel and Johnny are going to team up, which is. Uh, you know, they started getting that friendship. Remember when they were at the Mexican restaurant and they were, like, having a good time? I've been hoping for this moment. It, they like each other, but they hate each other at the same time. Yeah, they've been they've been kind of peppering it in because you're seeing two sides of the stories. Like, you see them getting friendly each episode, and then one of their kids messes up or yeah. does something crazy. Hawk beats up the, the other little nerdy kid. Like, it gets ridiculous. So th- I'm glad that they're teaming up, and they're, they're teaming up to go against koala kai sensei yeah and (laughs) yeah i forgot he did that commercial yeah and we see robbie uh he gets arrested for he's in jail attempted murder probably probably and he gets his ass beat in jail he gets he i mean he gets it looks like i mean what's this is california so california has some of the the most dangerous street gangs in the world so i'm sure that they carried that over and he's you know, getting picked on because he's, you know, not in a gang or something. Yeah. Looks like the feud between Sam and Torrier is not over. Yeah, they, they kind of set that up like, oh, Tori's back, um, who took a while for me to realize that was Peyton List, one of the Peyton Lists. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, I recognize you. You're not the one from CW. But I think that they're going to get together. They're going to be friends by the end of season three. Uh, I don't know. Like when she shows up to Miyagi-Do and I'm like, okay. You guys are going to be friends. Like, you you all are in it to make sure that Miguel walks again and, you know, maybe, you know, Cobra Kai, the, the now Cobra Kai, the bad guys, they do something terrible and it kind of changes Tori's outlook. The one thing I got to say, though, and we'll go back to the season finale. That's one of the best season finales I've ever saw. It was great. It was pretty damn great for a show that, you know, they really blew their wad on that one because that was a, a season ending show or a season ending finale when it could have been a series ending finale and you know like you said i was late to the game i didn't watch it till august when netflix like netflix put it on in august and i was like oh i'm gonna watch it i dismissed it because it was youtube 
It was the only thing worth watching on YouTube besides what I'm currently watching or listening to, Viking music. (laughs) That's all I listen to. Sea shanties. That's all I'm listening to. Have you ever heard of The Who? The Mongolian throat singers? Yeah. So you caught on to it late. Is Is this a series that because you dismissed it, you're like, you had FOMO because everybody's watching it and you're like, all right. Netflix bought it. Let me see what it's about. And it totally made you want it to take karate. I always wanted to take karate. When I I was diagnosed pretty young with a heart condition and I couldn't do like they didn't want me playing football or anything. And I was like, I want to do karate. And they were like, no, you're going to do bowling. This is I, I didn't think our podcast could get geekier. And it, it truly <laughs> just did. It just ramped up to 11. <laughs> True, true story. I remember uh, we had a class trip to a YMCA and we did like a karate class. And I was like, this is awesome. I want to be in karate. And I was like, Mom, I want to be in karate. I was probably like 13, 14 years old. And she was like, yeah, no, we're going to have you join bowling instead. Yeah, and, I uh, never, never did karate as a kid. I was too busy uh, sharpening sticks as stakes to become a vampire slayer in Berlin, New Jersey. Yeah. Because I had an active imagination. <laughs> and that was when you were 17. Pretty damn close. I'm not going to lie. Me and my buddy uh, Alex used to think that we were vampire slayers. And we would lie to each other and say how many vampires we killed. And I think we were in high school. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is showing too much. Uh, in regards to Cobra Kai, are you pumped for season three? I am. I'm actually trying to convince my wife to watch it because I was like, come on, we got to watch it. We got to watch it. We got to watch it. And I'll watch it again. But she's stuck on Grey's Anatomy, so I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. But, yes, I'm very excited. Was it January 15th? Yeah, mid-January, right around the same time as WandaVision. Wanda I think it's on the same day WandaVision comes out. But the good thing with this is they're going to put all the episodes mo- most likely, right? Like, I haven't... Netflix it only does the reality TV show as episodic. So this is going, here you go, binge it for a weekend, and then, you know, season four is already renewed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. And I hope Elizabeth Shue shows up. I haven't heard any confirmation. I mean, they alluded to it, but. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of cameos in this. Yeah. Uh, somebody slaps um, Cove. So somebody slaps Cove. And then you have, you have the cameos from Karate Kid 2. Yeah. So I mean, this is this is big. Uh, this is a this is why Mighty Ducks is getting a, a reboot. Yeah, because of Cobra Kai. And I'm. Have you seen the trailer to Mighty Ducks yet? No, I keep forgetting. Killing me. That it when you watch it after this and you text me after this and say, "Man, it's pretty much like Cobra Kai," yeah. which which is kind of ironic about this uh, trailer park today where we're comparing things because if you ever want to see Bob Odenkirk uh, <laughs> do a cosplay version of John Wick, you can watch Nobody because that's exactly what this is minus the dog getting killed. You know what I mean? This is what when John Wick retires, he has a family and just lives his life and then he just goes off the rails. Like what did you think of Nobody? Well, the first like I kept seeing like people like, "Oh, but Bob Odenkirk's is uh this is his John Wick, and I was like, all right. So I watched it, and the first thing I'm thinking of, this is Falling with Michael Douglas. Like, oh, what a crazy movie. And that's what I'm thinking. Like, okay, this guy. Falling down. D- falling down. Uh, is this nerdy, you know, kind of guy, and and this is what I'm thinking. And then it, like, you know, you, you see he, he gets attacked, and he doesn't fight back, and he he's on the bus and then he starts like just beating the shit out of people. I was like, oh, it's falling down, and then it totally like ripped. It, it went right to John Wick. Yeah, and he was an assassin who was an auditor and retired to have a family, and now he's back. And then even like I'm not saying it's a John Wick ripoff, but it's oh like oh. even. I'll say it because it's pretty goddamn close to being even, called John Wick Sr. Yeah, and even with the part where, like, they were like, you got out of retirement, they're mad at you, and, you know, whatever organization he was part of, they were like, they want you back. And I'm like, that's, it's freaking John Wick. And, like, I, even the scene when he's opened up, it's freaking John Wick. Chuck, the bad guys are Russian teens. Yeah. They got, like, Michael Greyjoy to play 
the bad <laughs> Russian. They got like the great value Theon. And it, this is carbon copy John Wick. Just he kept his family in this one so far. And I'm not mad at it. Like I never thought I wanted Bob Odenkirk as an action star, but it, it looks pretty awesome. I mean, I'm gonna um, say it. I, I love the trailer. I think the trailer looks great. Yeah, besides it being John Wick shot for shot. And it is produced by uh, the co-director of the first John Wick. Yeah. So a, no surprise there. <laughs> but like, I never thought I wanted Bada Odenkirk in an action movie. Yeah, me either. I keep picturing his character from. Um, I keep picturing his character from The Incredibles two, <laughs> having his moment, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is, this is something. But I think this is great. I love when actors go out and do something that you don't really think that they're going, they're made yeah. for. And it's kind of like when Keanu did John Wick. Like, we, we know Keanu. He's an action star, but we've never seen him in that type of action. And that's what yeah. we got. And now we're getting this with Bob Odenkirk. So shout out to Bob Odenkirk, man. Make make your money. This is going to be a fun little movie to see on Redbox or on, like, HBO Max. And and the thing was, it kind of like when Liam Neeson did Taken. Yeah, yeah. And the new- then he did 59 other movies just like Taken. Yeah, Liam Neeson is the king of one-word movies. Yeah. Gray, Taken, Unstoppable. He can stop you on trains, planes, and automobiles, and I hope to God he's in the remake. <laughs> he needs to be. But I, I'm, I'm a big fan of this. I think, I'm going to watch – I mean, obviously, both these trailers in the trailer park. I'm going to I'm gonna visit again, and I'm going to watch them. I'm excited for these And two. the other great part is Christopher Lloyd is in it. Yeah. I mean, when you – And when it have... looks like his dad. I'm not sure, but – Okay, so, I mean, it checks out. He's 58, and Dad had him when he was, like, 27, 28. Checks out. I don't know. I'm excited. Are you going to see this when it comes out? Uh, if it goes on demand, probably. Yeah, um, I feel like the, I feel like anything in the first quarter of 2020 is going to go on demand. Yeah. At, at least in New uh, Jersey. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I definitely want to see it. So, cool. Yeah. All right, let's go to some news, my friend. This kind of flew under the radar. It came out... Let's see. The Disney investors meeting was on Thursday. This news yeah. came out on Friday, and it's news that I think we've been hoping for. For like, it's I've never been so hyped for such a minor character to reprise their role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But Jamie Alexander's coming back in Thor: Love and Thunder as Lady Sif, uh, a character who I've missed dearly since Thor Two. Yeah, well, after that, she was in Agents of Shield, right? Yeah, for like a cup of coffee. Yeah, one episode. But yeah, you know, she was the all the um the Warriors three were missing from Thor Ragnarok. So No, they weren't. They got killed. Oh yeah, they Hella did. Hella killed him. Hogan was the last one who held the held Asgard and That's right. she de- decimated him. Um but yeah, Jane or Sif Lady Sif was nowhere to be found. No, I'm I'm excited. I'm guessing she has time. I don't know if Blind Spot's still on the air. I've stopped watching that. I mean, but, honestly, um, if it were Blind Spot or Thor, I would put Blind Spot on a hiatus and take the Thor role. And oh, I don't yeah, listen. Definitely. I don't think that she's going to be a main focal point. Although it is Love and Thunder, they kind of alluded to Thor should actually be with uh, with Sif. You know, Frigga always wanted that mock up. We know that um, Valkyrie is going to be uh, going to be gay in this uh, this universe. So. Maybe she's in love with Lady Sif. Maybe she's in love with Jane Foster. There's a lot. It's called Love and Thunder. So I'm glad that she's back, man. Yeah, me too. She'll die 15 minutes into the movie. Probably. Gore, Gore will kill her and send her head to Asgard or wherever Thor's hanging out, like Sweden or something like that. <laughs> All right, next, we've got uh, our first castings of the HBO Game of Thrones spinoff, House of the Dragon. Which yep. also sounds like a spinoff from Cobra Kai. We've got <laughs> Olivia Cook, Matt Smith, mm-hmm. and Emma DeArcy getting casted into this series. Uh, what do you think about this? I mean, one, Matt Smith is huge because he has a huge following. Yep. Whovians are rapid, and we saw that at uh, one of our local Philadelphia Comic Cons. Yeah, huge, huge, huge cast. It was, it was him and... Um, Karen Gillian. Karen Gillian before she was Guardians. Yep. And that that was the biggest line of the day. And I like Matt Smith. And we haven't really seen him do a whole lot since um he left Doctor Who. So he did like I mean the I know he's been in the, the crown and stuff. He did Terminator, yeah. right? Yeah. And then um 
the crown. I yeah. know he's been in the crown, but uh, this is this is huge news. And Olivia Cook, I liked her from um, Ready Player One. That uh, Bates Motel. Yeah, she's good in that too. She had the, um, the oxygen tank, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Emma D'Arcy, I was like, I know that name, and I looked it up. Is Astrid from True Seekers? Yep. And so, I'm fine and with she that was, too. Yeah, uh, three solid castings. I'm, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, it's what's funny about this is like these three are kind of like the generation that was skipped Harry, like couldn't be in Harry Potter, whether they were too young or they were too old, and then they got passed up on Game of Thrones. So now they're getting like their their comeuppets to like the big, but like a European based filmed show that is now exposed to American audiences. So this for some people, this might be the very first introduction to matt smith as we say he has a huge following this could be the introduction to all three of these actors and actresses so i think this is great anytime you get people that are established in the fandom especially matt smith and astrid because i mean truth seekers was amazing i'm gonna put yeah. it out there she was amazing um when that happens it's it's good for the geek culture and i'm happy for it i'm looking forward to this and hopefully it's better than the last season of game of thrones <laughs> all right Let's go to a series that we talked about uh, last week, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And this is kind of yeah. floating under the radar, too. There's a rumor that because we didn't get the Boba Fett series, people are like, well, Tamar Morrison isn't going to be in Mandalorian anymore. He might die. Boba Fett might see his fate. No, rumors coming out that he's been reportedly cast in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which actually makes sense. Assuming that he's Boba Fett. Yes. Or, I mean, honestly, this could be awesome if he's uh, Rex. Yeah. And it, it, it could be. It makes more sense than Boba Fett because where's Obi-Wan Kenobi? He's on Tatooine. Where has been – where's um, Boba Fett been Tatooine. on Tatooine? I'd like to see him, you know, show how he escapes the Sarlacc pit and what he's doing. Yeah. it's This is doubling as a um, a prequel. Yeah, and and like you said, it it could be Rex, because you know what they're saying is he's been casted as what, you know. Yeah, I, and it's, it's it's all rumor. It's rumor based, but like yeah, I mean everything that honestly everything that's been kind of rumored at Star Wars and Marvel has come out to be true. Yeah. So, I'm I'm gonna take this with a grain of salt, but I'm actually gonna be a little more watchful on this because I feel like this is actually gonna happen. Yeah, me me too. And I would I would be on board. I saw a quote I think last night I was reading and uh Timur Morrison said he's been waiting for years for them to call him about Boba Fett. I bet. I bet, man. That's an iconic character uh for very little screen time. There it's like it's very, you know, what's a cult without being a cult? Boba Fett fans. That's a cult because we, you know, it was 15 minutes of fame and it just kept riding on forever and I'm I'm fine with it because now we have an awesome character in probably the best show of 2020 and maybe further into the, the Star Wars canon. So I'm excited for that. And yeah. it could it could lead to this series having even more recognizable faces and characters. So I'm good with that. All right. So here's some stuff that wasn't on our notes because it happened. But true active geek style. Marvel announced a new series. Not the, the six that they announced on Saturday on Thursday which are all, most of them are coming out in 2021. They said there's like six series coming out in 2021, which is crazy. And one of one of them is this series called Marvel Legends. Uh, Marvel Studios has launched a Legends series, which is a new series that revisits some of the most iconic moments from the MCU, one character at a time, kicking off with Wanda Maximoff and Vision, the first two episodes starting start streaming January 8th, only on Disney+. Plus. So what it is is like, hey, you may not have seen the, the highest grossing movie of all time. These two have a series. Let's get behind these characters and show you what they're made of. So it's not like a a series that we're, we need it, but it's a welcome series. Yeah, um, it's smart because it, it introduces these people that may not know these characters or may not, you know, maybe get into the party late. And it's like, hey... Here you go. 
this is going to be, you know, I'm sure they're going to do a She-Hulk one and a Moon Knight one. and Hawkeye. They'll, they'll probably give every character that's getting a series an episode. And, and we talk about that with comics is like put out a comic series right before a movie or a show's released to get it hyped. And then so you can introduce that character and get a broader, broader audience. And that's kind of what they're doing with Marvel Legends. Yeah, and I'll, I'll watch this. It's not something that I'm like, oh, my God, tune in every week. Like, I'll catch it yeah. when I catch it. I, I know these characters. I mean, I've sat through all those movies. I've enjoyed all those movies. We've talked and broke down those characters in all of our podcasts. Uh, but I'm still going to watch this because it's Marvel and it's Disney. And maybe they'll give us some behind-the-scenes stuff, some yeah. concept art, which is always great. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And then we get a casting, not from Disney, because they gave a lot recently. DC comes out and says, guess what, Disney? We're going to give you a casting of Cyclone, a character that many people do not know. It's coming yeah. out for Black Adam, and we're going to give you a brand new newcomer. Well, we're going to give you a newcomer named Quintessa Swindell. She's going to be Cyclone. And Cyclone, if that sounds very confusing to everybody who that is, Cyclone first appeared in Justice Society of America, Volume 3, Number 1, in 2006. She was created by Mark Wade. Alex Ross, Jeff Johns, and Dell Eaglesham. So Cyclone essentially is the granddaughter, and we talked about this a couple of months ago, of Mahonkel. Yeah. And we know Mahonkel was the original Red Tornado. Well, in 2006, when this comic book came out, Cyclone was the Red Tornado. And then Jeff Johns talked to Alex Ross and was like, we got to give this character... We have, a, we have a character, and we can turn her into Cyclone. So that's what we get. So we have Quintessa Swindell. What do you think about her being cast as Cyclone? And what do you think about Cyclone? I mean, good for her, getting her superhero moment. But definitely, you know, I was kind of surprised that they're kind of bringing not well-known actors around the rock. I have a theory about that. And what's that theory? My theory is that The Rock doesn't want to be outperformed. So he puts himself around uh, declining actors or lesser known actors. And he he uses it as a, hey, look, we have a good farm system. This is our up and coming actors. And you're watching The Rock, but you're going to get exposure to these guys. But if you put him against somebody who's going to like you put him with Amy Adams, she's going to outact him. And it's not going to be a rock movie. It's going to be an Amy Adams vehicle. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think and there's then, some performance issues there. But then he's doing a movie with Gal Gadot and Ryan Reynolds. Okay. But are either of them like world-class actors? No, but no. Ryan Reynolds will probably steal the show. Ryan Reynolds probably will. But, you know, he's used to that with Kevin Hart. But people are going to say, I'm seeing this because of the rock. I'm talking like, are you going to put the rock with Daniel Day-Lewis? <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Like even if, like, even though Daniel Day Lewis would be an amazing Doctor Fate. Exactly, that's where I was going. What if he said, "Listen, I want to play Doctor Fate," and or Daniel Craig wants to play Doctor Fate, and The Rock says, "You know what? No, no, get get the new guy, get that guy from Supernatural, get that guy from the new Walker Texas Ranger, get Bob Odenkirk." Ooh, you know, you get these, you know, get people that aren't on the level of The Rock. If you put people who are on the acting level and higher of The Rock, I feel like he can get a little worried and it doesn't become his movie. It becomes a little more serious. See, I was thinking more of they... I I was thinking more maybe they're spending more money on Dr. Fate and then maybe the villain itself. Oh, I don't um, know. That'd be nice, though. Like, you know, they're... They don't... One, The Rock's probably got a pretty big paycheck for this. Yeah. Two... They don't want to blow the rod on, you know, Cyclone. It's They're DC, not going to bring in. It's DC. They could have yeah. brought in Charlize Theron. I mean, out of the, you know, the JSA, Aldous Hodge is probably the most well-known. No, I think I think it's actually Noah Centineo. Really? Yeah, with the two all the boys that I've loved or whatever. He was big in that. So he's got a big young following on Netflix. I mean, maybe just because I know Eldest Hodge, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't see you watching that Lana Condor series. No, I don't think that's but, right up your alley. 
But, you know, now that we're getting at, I really want to see Dr. Fate, uh, who they cast as Dr. Fate. Yeah, I mean, this is exciting because this is a new ser- superhero that we're not very, f- very familiar with. And it's what we always complain of, like what we always ask for. We ask for DC to give us new superheroes and new supervillains and not regurgitate different versions of these characters. Yeah. And we're finally doing that. And we're finally getting new actors and actresses. And like you yeah. said, superhero moment. That's huge for Quintessa Swinzel. I'm excited for it. I do want to see the rest of the cast. We'll talk about that later. But right now, congratulations to Quintessa because that's yep. a huge – this is a huge movie for her to be in because it is a rock movie. With The Rock in it, it's going to generate a lot of eyes and a lot of people, whether it's in theaters or whether it's on HBO Max or whether it's on Redbox. Rock movies do well. So I think he's going to – He's going to bolster this young cast. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's go to another little little news snippet. Chris Pine, who is apparently a huge geek, didn't know about that, is going to star in a Dungeons & Dragons movie. And I can't be more excited. Yeah, you're a big... I've never played Dungeons & Dragons. See, I, I don't know... I know they made the movie, what, back in the early 2000s, late 90s? Yeah. I never saw it. I don't think um, a lot of people saw it. So I don't know what they're going to do with this movie. Like, is the movie going to be more set in that universe? Or is it going to be like, I'm thinking like, could be like a Jumanji thing. That's like, what that's what I thought was going to happen. And like, it, it could go two ways. It could go Jumanji. And people are be like, I've seen this before. I don't want to watch it anymore. This is different because it's got a different type of dice. That's the only thing that makes it different. Or they could turn this into a great fantasy epic. Like this could and be The see, Hobbit. This could be amazing. See, I don't. I like Chris Pine, but I don't see Chris Pine. Like I'm thinking like fantasy, like Game of Thrones era, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't see Chris Pine in that realm. So I'm thinking more Jumanji. He's a dad or a big nerd and gets sucked into the game. Oh no, I don't want that. Now I'm upset. And you know, you you didn't write the movie. You're not directing it, but no. you've, that's worried me. I I see it going that route. Ugh. I think it's Paramount too, so it could definitely go that route. Oh man. Okay. So let's move away because I'm gonna get upset and I'm gonna start cursing <laughs> and I don't want it to get demonetized. But um. Firefly is rumored to be getting a reboot at Disney Plus. What? Yeah, just heard, I about, heard about it seven hours ago as we were recording this Tuesday night. Possibility that this is going to get re, uh, rebooted. What do you think about this? Uh, I, I, I'm i torn because Firefly is great, but I like the way it is. Like, I don't want... If they were going to, like make a sequel series I'm, I'm fine with that but having a, a a complete reboot i don't know about that yeah i mean nobody asked for a reboot they asked for a season two yeah you know when you think about it like everybody wanted that cast to succeed it's a fan favorite amongst us geeks everybody wants season two and the cast still wants to do it like that's yeah. the thing if you have a cast that's willing to do it and are even bigger now than they were with firefly why not jump on it? You know what I mean? I, it makes no sense. It's Again, this is a, a great series that's going to suffer from reboot culture. It's going to be compared to Star Trek Discovery. It's going to be compared to the Orville, the Expanse. It should just be Firefly Season 2 with everybody returning, minus the people who died in the in the show. Yeah, and and the thing is, like, what I... What was great about the show, it was... It was a kind of it was low budget, a low budget Western space odyssey. I don't want a big fancy like the Expanse, you know, this grand thing. I want a low budget cowboy space show. Yeah, I mean that's that's a fantastic Rotten Tomatoes review. Uh, I I think you're going to, if we put that as a Kickstarter or a change.org slogan, I think we're going to get thousands of yeses, but we'll see. Take it with a grain of salt. This hasn't been confirmed by anybody at Disney. It's been reported by very few outlets, but I took it and I want to run with it because I want to see if this is going to gain any ground. I want season two. I know you're on the side of season two. 
We're not fans of a reboot. We'll see where it goes. Uh, finally, the last thing, it's the last thing with Marvel, and it's the last thing of our news before we get into my pick of the week and then our video game segment. You remember the character Nomad? Yeah, Steve Rogers. Well, Steve Rogers, Ricky Barnes, a couple other characters. Marvel trademarked the title the character of Nomad. They just recently trademarked it with Armor Wars, Secret Wars, Ironheart, and so on. Hmm. I think there's going to be a Nomad series coming out or a project of something that's going to cross over with Falcon and Winter Soldier. What do you think? Okay. Now, do you think it's yeah. do you think it's Steve Rogers that we get, or do you think it's? I don't. I do not see it ever being Steve Rogers. No, um, I I think he's done. Yeah, same. I, you know, uh, I think he's moved on. Uh, even though it would be amazing, I I don't see it being Steve. Yeah, I mean, there's characters like Edward Furbel, who was the second Nomad who fought against you know the Red Skull. And he was set out to kind of discredit Captain America, which mm-hmm. kind of seems like what they're doing with U.S. Agent. He's coming out yes. to be the new Captain America. He was short-lived. They could go that route, but you know that still has to do with Steve Rogers and not, you know, Sam Wilson. And then there's Jack Monroe, who was the third Nomad and the third Bucky, and he's you know from the '70s. And then you have Ricky Barnes, which I don't think they're ever going to go with. He's a uh, or she's a different version of Bucky Barnes in a different universe. Yeah, I don't see them. And then there's, uh, you know, a, a crazy one about Ian Rogers who, you know, escapes from Dimension Z and shows up and starts defending his adopted father's shield and plays Nomad. So I don't think that that's going to happen <laughs> either. But uh, yeah, Nomad Man might be coming. And we kind of thought that we got Nomad a little bit when Cap ripped yeah. off his uh, his star and the Avengers logo. So I don't know if if this is a pre Avengers Nomad series. Like I'm fine with it. Like between the wars, I'd be cool with it. But if it's if it's not, I'm still gonna be cool with it because it's gonna be part of this new MCU that they're building. All right, let's go to my picks of the week. I've got three of them, Chuck, and one of them's a number three because Commanders in Crisis is back out this week. And uh, that's our boy, Steve Orlando and David Tinto. Yep. And it's number three, the, C- the Crisis Command interrogates a ticking clock corpse. Uh, but how can heroes save a world without empathy? First, they have to figure out how to save it within themselves. As Nina Next, the incredible science hero Frontier, takes John Doe empathy out of the town or out on the town to discuss their secrets. We're definitely getting that because he's a friend of our podcast yes. and we support yep. our friends. And then we got another one from Image Comics. It's called Post Americana Number One, uh, and it's from Maestro's creator. We stand on the guard co-creator and the Matrix storyboard artist Steve Scrooge, uh, with coloring by Eisner Award-winning Dave Stewart. The Cheyenne Mountain installation, aka the bubble, as the most sophisticated bunker, super bunker in the world. It was built to ensure the survival of America's executive branch of government and its most important citizens should the unthinkable happen. When the world ended, the executive branch failed to reach the sanctuary, but an elite citizenry did. Eight years later, one of their own has named himself the new president of the United States. His plan? Subjugate the survivors of the American wasteland using the same bunker resources meant to rebuild it. The only thing standing on their uh, in their way is a deadly wastelands girl hell-bent on revenge. That sounds like it's going to be turned into a movie in two years. That's the thing with all these images. Like, a lot of it just sounds like movie scripts. Maybe that's their, philo- and, maybe that's their philosophy. Start it yeah. with a miniseries. You can get, a, uh, you can get a, a movie out of it, and then you can continue to feed the mother company image and keep putting out whatever you want. Yeah, it, they they do a good job with with getting these newer properties and newer and and a lot of more original stories. And even though I don't get a lot of Image Comics, I do like that they go that route. Yeah, I mean, all of them are Im- are all of them are cre- um, original stories. Yep. So it's it's very cool that they you know it's an independent kind of third major player. 
And then finally, we'll go to a major player, which is Marvel. It's called the King in Black, Immortal Hulk. Uh, a present for the Hulk. The Hulk is in a bad place. Half of his altars are either dead or missing, including Bruce Banner. And the leaders got the rest of them on the ropes. But never, but never let it be said that Joe Fixit doesn't know how to have a good time. And he's out to make sure this is the best holiday the Hulk's ever had. He just has to fight his way through a planet of symbiotes first. And the only reason that this is on there, because I'm not a huge fan of Joe Fix-It, is it's because it's in King of Black. Yeah. So go out and get them. Check back in with us on social media. Let me know what you think or let me know what your pick is. And maybe we'll share it on the next episode. But Chuck, it's that time, my friend. We're going to enter spoiler territory as we start talking about The Mandalorian, Chapter 15, The Believer. Um Big moment for Bill Burr. Yeah. Uh, self-hating Star Wars person. Huge moment in a Star Wars series. What did you think of uh, The Believer? I liked it. Um, it was a lot different than I expected. Like, uh, with chapter ending of Chapter 14, he goes to Cara Dune and says, I need you to look up this guy. And, you know, Mayfield, we're going to break him out. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's going to be, you know kind of like what we saw in the prisoner in season two or season one i'm like it's gonna be a jailbreak and it wasn't (laughs) no they really just gave the teacher a hall pass and said all right he's got to go see the nurse yeah like cara dune shows up and says i need this prisoner okay here here marshall and that was it um i really thought when that happened that there was going to be like a shootout at the prison I thought we were going to see some crazy characters that, you know, we were hoping for or that, you know, some Easter eggs. And we saw nothing. He was like, I don't even know if I want to go with you guys. Yeah. And and one of the best parts is he goes and sees Boba Fett. And he was like, whoo, I thought it was someone else. And then Mando comes walking out slowly out of Slave 1. And I, <laughs> and I thought, like, I expected him to be like, oh, like, you know, real hating him. He was scared of him. Well, he, he was like, it's, you know, we, we forget that Bill Burr's character, Mayfield, set the Mandalorian up to get killed. If yeah. anybody's going to be mad, it's Din. You know, Mayfield could have died and he got spared and he went to the prison. So he owes Bando a little bit more of them yeah. like, oh, I hate this guy. It's like more like, oh, man, don't kill me. Thank you. Yeah. And then, you know. Again, I was like, oh, they're going to build this team and they needed a sniper. No, they needed his ex-imperial credentials. Yeah, he was like a narc. Uh, they just needed him yeah. to get in. Speaking of Boba Fett, we said earlier, looked like he stopped by Hobby Lobby and grabbed some paint. He he did have amazing, amazing armor in this episode. Well, and he got that, that matte finish, Yeah, which I like. I think that I think they actually did that with you in mind. I think oh, they were yeah? like Chuck there. Miller, our number one Boba Fett fan. He's got a Mythosaur tattooed on his leg. Let's give him that matte finish because that's what Chuck Miller likes. Yeah, you know. But no, and the scene when Ding, you know, they're talking about going into the wherever they had to go, and um, Mayfield's like, yeah, like. You know, I need someone else. And Din's like, I'll go. And he's like, you can't go like that. He goes, I'll take it off. And I'm like, oh, shit, they're going to show his face. And then he shows up in the trooper helmet. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff to really set your sights on in this. Besides the obvious, Din takes his mask off. Like, that's a huge moment. He's never done that in front of people, but he had to. Uh, you have the whole transport scene where, you know, yeah. the villager pirates are coming out. And there's an epic shoot-off. And that was amazing with Fennec. And Kara helping along the way. Boba's in Slave 1, like, laying horizontally. Like, yeah. just... You have that scene. Then you have the, the biggest scene, in my mind, is when Bill Burr seemingly drops his character and just starts going off on this guy, saying, like, how much of a piece of crap he is, and then blasts him right in front of yeah. everybody. And then they stop. And, like, it's that moment of... that. This is how you can tell good directing versus bad directing. In a bad directed scene, everybody flips the table and it's a it's a mess because they're reacting so quickly. And I don't think that that happens in real life. When that stuff happens, you need to have a second to grasp grasp like, did this really happen? Am I it's like is this real life kind of pinch yourself moment? 
And I think our boy Rick, we love him. He directed this flawlessly. Yeah. And he gave he gave that dead silence for a second where everyone was like, okay, did he just kill a high-ranking officer? Yes, he did. Now shit's going to hit the fan. And I thought that that was brilliant. Yeah, and he, you know, give credit also, like you were saying with Bill Burr, like there was so much tension in that scene and Rick captured it perfectly. You know, just with the, like, again, Mando has his helmet off. Like that shows how much he loves Grogu. And last year he wouldn't even thought it. He didn't even want to take his helmet off to have a drink at the the village. The only way he got his helmet off is because IG-11 wasn't actually a person. Yeah. And like that's a big moment. And Mayfield's like, listen, I didn't see your face. And I thought that like absolute redemption. We've we've been redeemed yes. for Mayfield and Fennec in this season within the matter mm-hmm. of two episodes. And I think that that's brilliant. I think that uh, I also think that those two characters may carry over, especially Fennec is going to carry over to the new Rangers of the Republic. Yeah. And, um, you know, she she was a mercenary and an assassin. And now, you know, she's fighting with the good guys. Kind of giving and... Cara Dune some eyes, some sexy eyes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I I like at the end, they just kind of let Mayfield go. And they're like, yeah, he died. Yeah, I think that was great. I think that that's given you a chance to kind of bring him back later if, you know, Bill Burr finds the love for Star Wars. Because I know he doesn't like it. And and one of my favorite scenes, and it was kind of bring back from the original, uh, or not the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, is when the Slave One drops a seismic charge. Yeah, that was awesome. And I'm like, oh shit, that, that's what Django did. Yeah. And, and Attack of the Clones. Yeah, the callback, the callbacks are huge in this, and I, we'll finish it with this. The the main ending of this episode, 33 minute episode, again to my frustration, was. You know, essentially, Din skyping Moff Gideon, saying like, "Listen, he did like he did his best Taken impression, where he's like, I thought the same thing. He's like, I don't know where you are, but that little thing is worth more than anything can be worth to anybody. I will do well, anything to get him back in my possession. Like that's my well, son. Give me back my son. It it really was a play on." What Moff Gideon said to him originally is like, you don't know what he's worth to me. Yeah. And I, I got like taken and ransom vibes in this. Well, if you watch the, the, um, what is that called? Uh, the reek or the recap before the episode, it was like previously, you know, on Mandalorian and they showed that little speech that Gideon did. Yeah, and he just kind of like, or you said it to me. I'm gonna say it to you, and Moff Gideon kind of was like, "Fuck." I don't even watch the recap. You know why? Because I feel like it gives away tropes that I'm gonna see in the episode for that it, reason that you just described. So I immediately it, it, skip it. I'm like, "Get me to the new stuff right now." Well, it, it does because like when we saw when um the Jedi episode with Ahsoka, the the recap ended with you need to find. Ahsoka Tano. And boom, so they found obviously, her seconds later. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm i very excited but sad at the same time. That I'm very excited for we, as we're recording, we're four days away from the finale. But then we have to wait another year until season three. Yeah, we got to wait till Christmas. And I'm telling you, this episode better be an hour and 45 minutes. Well, that's <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Minutes. I'm like, what if they just drop it like three hours long? No, I feel like it's gonna. If anything, it's gonna be like 52, 54 minutes. Like this is gonna be the longest one of the season, which it should be. Um, I'm gonna give Chapter 15 a steady five because it deserves it. Amazing. It's not filler. This is building up to what I thought was gonna be the Avengers moment, but it's more of just like. My man, Dan, just going in there with Fennec and Boba Fett, and maybe that's all he needs, and I'm good with that. Yeah. What do you give this? I'm going to surprise you, and I'm going to give it a five. I knew it. I knew it. I mean, you, you had my heart skipping a beat for a second. It was either you were going to give it a five or I have a heart murmur, and I, I, think, it might be, <laughs> I think it might be both. But we're going to follow up next week. It will be the last episode of the Mando Minutes. 
yeah. excuse me, a tear just went, tear just went down my eye uh, as we recap the finale next week. But on Thursday, not to be outshined by the Disney Investors Day, the Video Game Awards happened. Yes, and, and I'm going to preface this: by no way are we entering the video game podcast realm because we are out, man. No. We are outgunned. Everybody's talking about this Among Us. I don't know what it is. I will say that I have a video game system, and I have 10 games, 12 games, maybe maybe even 20 games because I have some digital ones. I don't play them as much as I should. Yeah. We appreciate video games. We aren't hardcore video gamers. Right. We're going to talk about some games that were announced, and we're going to preface this with we know we don't have enough time to play these games, but are they games that we'd be interested in if we had yeah. the time? So we don't even have to talk about not having time because we know that. I will say the one good thing about COVID is that I became more of a video game player, and I have, I've been playing much more games. I beat The Witcher. I beat The Last of Us. I bought The Last of Us Part Two, and you know, The Fallen Jedi and all that stuff. But then I get headaches, emotion sickness, and it takes me out of three weeks. So I'm like, oh, I'll never be a Twitch player. <laughs> and on, honestly, to be honest with you, if we if I had a Twitch, it'd be like 45 minutes of me looking down on my phone for cheats. And like, I don't know the, the code for this. Let me find out if it's on the internet. Or like, how do I find my way out of this, this hole that I'm in? But at the Video Game Awards, they announced the game of the year. I didn't even know there were Video Game Awards, to be honest with you. But they announced the, I knew. the game of the year which is The Last of Us Part Two, and it's essentially Downton Abbey at the Golden Globes. This game went out and took almost everything. Said, we're going to take everything. Director, storyboard, two-player, character play, online, video game of the year, moment of the year. And honestly, it is absolutely deserving of it. I, uh, I bought the game because I played the first one. I was starting to play it last night, and within the first five minutes, I jumped three times. Because it was because it scared me. It's got so much heart. It's got so much story. Kind of reminds me of The Walking Dead. At least the second one does a little bit. But I get it. That's where you have to go. It's getting a series that I'm excited for yes. on HBO Max. Is this a game that interests you? I know you had the first one that you've never played and you just discovered that you had. But is, <laughs> yeah. Does this franchise, does this get your gears going? Uh, probably not. I mean, maybe when the series come out and... Uh... If I enjoyed a series, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's get into I mean, I need to play the game. I have the game. Um, but, yeah, I'm not like, oh, I'm going to go buy part two of this tonight. Yeah, I bought it uh, on Black Friday, and I'm playing it, and I love it, and it's given me training for when the eventual zombie apocalypse comes out. And I, I realize what's important in the zombie apocalypse, and apparently it's not Jackets. Because these characters are running around in hoodies and they're breaking into these houses and you can't take jackets. And that would be the first thing I would buy because if I get cold, I'm miserable and I'm loud. So you don't want me to be loud in a zombie world. But we'll, I digress. We'll move into an announcement of a game that apparently has like five or six games. I think I had the third one because it came in a bundle when I bought my Xbox. Mass Effect is getting a new game. Have you ever played these games? No. Okay. I, I know of them, but no, I've never played them. So you see the trailer for it because they released a little snippet that yes. they're getting a game. It's untitled. It's coming out. Based on the graphics, would you play a game like that? Does that interest you? Oh, yeah. I mean, the way the graphics are now is amazing. Like, uh, you know, all the trailers that you had me watch uh, look great. But uh, the Mass Effect looks really cool. Um, doesn't even look like video. I mean, I remember playing video games and, you know, like Mortal Kombat. And how blocky they were. Yeah, I remember when video games didn't have trailers. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no. and, and five-minute trailers, because some of these were, like, ten minutes long. Yeah, and they're like, they're like movies. Yeah, and, and I honestly thought I was watching, like, the, the new version of Altered Carbon when this came out. <laughs> I was like, this looks awesome. Like, I've pl I think I played Mass Effect 3, and I really liked it. It's very space opera. It's, it's video game Firefly, kind of. It's... The yeah. Expanse, it's it's Battle Starts, everything. I love it. Uh, I would you get this game? And remember, remember, the, remember what we said in the beginning. It's not about time. Is this something that you uh, would play? 
Maybe. I mean, just because of the graphics alone. Yeah, it looked beautiful. So we'll follow that. Maybe when uh, the time comes, we'll be more established in this video game realm and we'll be able to play it on our Twitch. Uh, the next yeah. game was Arc 2, which uh, the premise of Arc 1 sounds amazing. I don't know why I don't already have it. It's a survival game and it's like primal survival. So like Torok the Bounty Hunter meets Man vs. Wild. And I'm all about both of those. And shout out to Valiant because Torok's a Valiant company uh, character. But Arc 2 is getting uh, a video game and none other than F- Familia Don Toretto. Vin Diesel starring in it. And it's Fast and Furious Primal. What do you think of this uh, this 10-minute trailer for Arc 2? Out of the three trailers that uh, we're talking about, I think this was the best one. Yeah, it looks um, amazing. One, it was a five-minute trailer. Uh, two, I had no like I didn't really look into any of these games until I watched a trailer. Like, I hit it. I've heard of Arc. I've heard of uh, Mass Effect, and I, you know, I just hit the trailer, and then all of a sudden I see Vin Diesel, and I'm like, oh shit! And um, it looked great. the The dinosaur scene was awesome. Yeah. And you know they're running, and then the villains have were these, really cool. They're like, uh, like orcs almost, but with like tribal gear and stuff. I was like, oh, these are really awesome. Yeah, um, I, th- I, de- I definitely got the orc vibe. I was like, oh, this is like Lord of the Rings meets C. We're just missing yeah. Jason Momoa. You know, they could have plugged in Jason Momoa instead of Vin Diesel. Like that's, they could have done that. But, but anyway. you know what, Vin Diesel is as much as we give him crap, he's a geek at heart. And, yeah. like, this is a game that he probably would have done for free and if he can just walk around with no shirt on and they can paint tattoos on him and he can do motion capture for it. I think he would do it. I mean, he's made hundreds of millions of dollars playing a tree. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone's then, like, he's the greatest actor alive. He says three words. And then, you know, we we see them run away and then they get into this cave. And then it gets, like, Super high tech. Yeah, then it turns and, into Mass Effect. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Like, we're going that route. And, you know, his name is Santiago. And. Yeah, I don't believe that. <laughs> That's the most unreal thing about this show. Or about this. Uh... <laughs> yeah, not not the orcs, not the dinosaurs, not, not the high tech technology in a prehistoric world. It's that Vin Diesel's name is Santiago. No, it's that a medieval or a primal character's name is Santiago. I feel like his name would have been like Ugg or Unk. But they're like not. That. They're these are f- futuristic, you know, they came I they're see like, I don't know much like about time them, walkers so. or something. It's crazy. Yeah. Um but it looks really really cool. Now this is a game. Most of these games I believe are still coming out on PlayStation 4, which is great for us because between us we can afford a PlayStation 5. And we'd have to share it like it's a child, but they're all coming out on PlayStation Four. Are you gonna? Is this a game you'd play? Uh, out of out of all the ones we're gonna talk about, yes, one hundred percent. And the cool thing about this is you don't really have to play the game, although it would help. It's getting a series, which is also very very cool. Um, It's coming out in twenty twenty, I believe, or well, yeah, it's getting a series. And it will feature Madeline Madden, Michelle Yeoh. I feel like she's become the Vera Famiga of this podcast for 2020 because we've said yeah, but her name. You in the last like six Michelle Yeoh though? Oh no, she's fantastic. I mean, she's absolutely fantastic. And we've talked to her or talked about her in like the last nine episodes. But she's in it. Yeah. Everybody's favorite for Craven. Gerard Butler's in it. Jeffrey Wright, The Watcher, Commissioner Gordon, just a great human being. Uh, David Tennant, uh, Zahn McLaren, Devry Jacobs. Raja Ragnars, which is an amazing name in itself. Elliot Page, as formerly known as Ellen Page. Uh, Carl Urban, Malcolm McDowell, Deborah Mailman, Juliet Mills, our boy Alan Tudyk, Ron Yon, Russell Crowe, and Vin Diesel. The only thing that this is missing is Ron Funches. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be awesome. I, um, I couldn't take, I honestly, Chuck, if he was in this series, I wouldn't be able to take this series serious. Because he's... He's got such a dry delivery, and just the way he speaks, like I love it. I need. I love everything about Ron Funches. I need Ron Funches to do a like a calm, like a read through, like a ASMR thing. Like I need Ron Funches to do ASMR to put me to sleep. 
because he's got a voice of the angels. He does. He's he's amazing, just, amazing man. I I would love to meet him just to hear him. You know, I'm I'm in this. We're gonna do a, a 2021 episode soon, but my New Year's resolution is not put a lot of merit into actors and actresses because the ones I like end up being scumbags, and it hurts me. <laughs> you know, we were talking about how much we like Shia LaBeouf and how we were happy that he was doing like great in life. Now he's doing all this. He's getting canceled because he's got a lot of stuff going on with him. And I don't want to put any merit in anybody. So for now, everybody gets an even keel with me. They're not my friends anymore. <laughs> you gonna, you going to watch this show, Chuck? Uh, probably. Yeah. Like if it has anything to do with that, what that trailer looked like. Yeah. yeah and, and it's going to be animated. And the voice cast is like. When I read the voice cast, I'm like, "That's this is like Masters of the Universe voice cast. Yeah, I don't like, ever think I remember Russell Crowe doing a voice acting gig ever. Not that I can think of. I hope he's just um, yelling. Like, he's drunk and yelling at somebody. And even Gerard Butler, like, he don't. Oh, I mean, I don't rem- not every movie can be Geostorm. No. Uh, or, uh, what, the... The 50th installment of uh, Olympus Has Fallen. I mean, he can only save the prison, uh, the president eight times. Well, no, yeah, because that's once a year in two terms, and then he can just go to the next president. Yeah. I First of all, did you see the names for these, these characters? No, I did not. All right, so Carl Urban is going to play Bob. Bob. Yeah, and then it gets a little harder. Uh, Gerard Butler plays Gaius Marcellus Nerva. Michelle Yeoh plays May 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 Yin Lee. Russell Crowe plays Core the Prophet. Vin Diesel back as Santiago, and then like you got the Captain Henry Townsend. Thunder comes charging. These are amazing names. So we'll talk about that more in, in and, the future. But I'm excited for this. And Carl Urban gets Bob. Bob, it's it's an amazing thing. Bob Butcher. I feel like they just give him like real easy names because he doesn't want to remember them. So, all right, so we're going to watch the series. We'll end up probably playing this game. Last one, then we'll get out of here. A recognizable property, maybe more recognizable than all three of these that we've talked about. Yes. The Evil Dead, you know, our boy Bruce Campbell, the, or an actor named Bruce Campbell, is reprising his role as Ash in Evil Dead, the video game. What did you think of this? Looks cool, but kind of looks like every movie video game. Yeah, it really did. This was like 1994. Yeah, like it's like, the like it looked, video game. Yeah, like it just seems like it. It kind of looks like hey, we're making a Walking Dead video game. We're making a Lost video game. Like it kind of remind like the graphics didn't look bad, but it definitely reminded me of like a standard movie video game. Yeah. Um, would you play this one? Probably not. I mean, I don't know. Like, if it was free or if someone bought it for me, yeah, but I'm not going to go out of my way. Like, out of all of them, Ark would be the one I'd buy. Yeah, Ark would be the one I would buy first. I would play yes. all three of these. Uh, Evil Dead is more of my speed because I feel like it doesn't have that many side plots. And, like, it's just A to B, and I could play that and not get too frustrated. Whereas, like, when I played The Witcher, I'm playing... You know, I'm trying to save all these girls, and then I got to find this dude's goat, and that takes me 45 minutes to find this goat. And I'm like, oh my <laughs> god, like, what am I doing? Like, all these side missions: find the goat, rid the house of spirits, put the house fire out, get the cows out of the road. And I do them all because I'm a decent human being and I'm a great witcher. But I'm sitting here playing the game for 19 hours, and my eyes are, you know, squinting so hard I got migraines. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to start with Ark, and then I'm going to work my way to Evil Dead. But that's our video game recap, Chuck. Yeah, we're video game connoisseurs now. I mean, I'm going to load a Twitch channel up right now, and if you want to follow me, you can. And if you like to get frustrated by someone ignoring you and looking on their phone, say no more. I got you. But that's our episode, my (laughs) friend. We're going to get out of here. Next week, we are going to end the year, essentially. We're going to recap the year. Because I am, just like the three wise men, Chuck, I am going on a pilgrimage towards the star. And it's the Lone Star State. I'm going to Texas for a wedding. And we won't be able to see each other for a while. So we're going to do a year-end 
episode, and then we're going to do a year beginning episode because we've got a lot of those coming out. So follow us here on social media, The Active Geek, on all social media platforms. You can stream us and listen to us on anywhere that plays podcasts. We're on Amazon. We're on Spotify. We're leaving SoundCloud, and we're going to another hosting site called Anchor, and you can follow us there. What else? Uh, you're on Instagram, Chuck underscore the Active Geek. AG yes, Cosplay is on Instagram at AG Cosplay. We have another little podcast on the network called the Galaxy Wars Podcast. We just reviewed Freaky, and then we're going to have some great Christmas discussions next week. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with our. But we're gonna we're gonna bring back our fan favorite, most requested year in review, 2020 edition. And uh, spoiler alert, it's gonna suck. Because that's what 2020 did. But we're going to do it anyway, and we're going to find the bright spots. So follow us there. Listen to us. We'll be back next week for the Active Geek Podcast. I am Jim. I am Chuck. And we are out.